I so much wanted to be the couple who made it through hard things. I wanted to have that story of redemption. I wanted to have the testimony at church where we got up on stage. They played our story with the emotional music that made people cry about this dark place that we were in with our marriage, how my husband was like chained to his addictions and then God set us free and him free. And now we have this incredible marriage. Like I wanted that so badly. And I held on to that story for many, many years. I wanted to be the story of hope and healing and inspiration for others. I wanted to be the people who got on the other side and could look back and talk about it openly. I was holding on to the idea of what our story could be rather than the reality of what it was. Hey there, you're listening to the Choosing to Heal podcast, where we ditch the small talk for real deep conversations about all that life has to offer. I'm your host, Monica Lee. And my goal is to share insights and tangible tips to help you maximize your potential and live a life full of intention and purpose. From mental, emotional, and physical wellness to relationships, faith, and business, the goal is always the same. We're choosing to heal, grow, and thrive each day. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfy, and let's chat. Hello, and welcome back to the Choosing to Heal podcast. So recently, I shared a post that was actually one of the first that went viral. It's also a post that got the most negative comments I've ever received, some of which I'm about to share with you. But essentially, the post was a video of my ex-husband having Thanksgiving dinner with us with my now partner and all of our kids together. And people were just rioting in the comments. And a lot of them were just not even worth commenting on or repeating, but some of them I want to read to you because I'm going to be addressing these comments slash questions in today's episode. I'm just going to rapid fire read some of these off. You couldn't put your egos aside when you were married, but now you can. If this is so perfect, then why didn't you just stay together? Genuinely curious, if you get along so well, why divorce in the first place? I just don't get it. If you can cordially communicate and be in each other's presence and have the ability to compromise like this, why couldn't you compromise on the thing that caused you to divorce in the first place? If you get along this well after a divorce, then you shouldn't have gotten a divorce. So as you can see, lots of opinions and also so many people making the assumption that if you get along well, then you should be married. It blew people's mind that if I'm able to sit down at the same dinner table, then we shouldn't have gotten divorced. So in today's episode, that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about and addressing is why I stopped trying to save my marriage when really my decision to divorce wasn't from a place of like, oh, we hit this rock bottom place and I can't stand the guy anymore. So the only option out is a divorce. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people have associated the word divorce with is like you only get a divorce if it's like the worst thing ever. Or if you get a divorce, it means you didn't fight for your marriage. And that one really, I have a lot to say about that. And I'm going to be sharing about the things that I did to fight and try to save my marriage before I decided to get a divorce and kind of walk you through the journey of how I arrived there. And in the process, that is going to address so many of these comments, positive and negative. But I'm hoping that it'll shed a light for anyone listening who maybe is in the same season that I was. Maybe like you have been considering it, but it's 
gets these comments or these judgments from people who are going to assume that you didn't fight for your marriage or there's no valid reason to divorce or if it's not just like 100% traumatic and toxic, then you should stay married. Because if you haven't figured it out by now, that is not my opinion. So here we go. Let's dive right into it, shall we? So to kick this off, I want to go back and bring you into the headspace I was in before I was ready. I got married very young. I was 23 at the time. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with my story, I was married for about 10 or 11 years and about three or four years before I got divorced is when I found out about my husband's addiction to pornography. And back then, my worst fear was getting a divorce. Back then, my worst fear was our marriage not working out. I had a really strong fear of abandonment. The thought of being alone was like my worst nightmare. And because of that, when you have such an intense fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of being alone, it's amazing how our minds will bend and stretch in order to keep us in that mindset to keep us safe. So for example, It was too hard for me to accept the reality that my husband was someone who went outside of our marriage, had a porn addiction, didn't choose me, but I was so not ready to accept the reality of what that might mean for us, of the possibility of that meaning like, hmm, maybe this relationship isn't going to work out. So my mind made it try to make sense and our minds will find evidence or things to confirm what it wants to believe. It's like that whole concept of when you see a car that you want, then you can't stop seeing it on the street. It's the same thing. It's like if you want to believe a story, if you want to believe a lie, if you want to believe whatever it is you want to believe, you're going to find things to prove that logic correct. So some of the ways that I did this was keeping myself in denial. So the ways that played out in our relationship was I was like, well, all marriages go through hard seasons, you know, like no partner, no marriage is perfect. And every relationship requires some type of compromise. Nobody's perfect, right? So whether that's addiction, or whatever, someone is always going to be dealing with something. And if this is our battle, then this is our battle. How are we going to appreciate the light if we don't go through the dark? So I kind of went this more spiritual route to justify and keep myself in denial of the possibility that this could mean, not for sure, but even the idea of it meaning our marriage could be over. I didn't want to accept that reality because that fear of abandonment and fear of being alone was so strong. And so I was like, how can I flip this into a good thing? How can I make this positive? So I went the route of this is happening so that God can create a story of redemption in our marriage. I so much wanted to be the couple who made it through hard things. I wanted to have that story of redemption. I wanted to have the testimony at church where we got up on stage. They played our story with the emotional music that made people cry about this dark place that we were in with our marriage, how my husband was like chained to his addictions and then God set us free and him free. And now we have this incredible marriage. Like I wanted that so badly. And I held on to that story for many, many years. I wanted to be the story of hope and healing and inspiration for others. I wanted to be the people who got on the other side and could look back and talk about it openly. I was holding on to the idea of what our story could be rather than the reality of what it was. 
And that's really, really dangerous because you can hold on to that for a very long time. Like every relationship has the potential and possibility to heal. I truly believe that. And the danger in that is it can keep you stuck and waiting for the rest of your life. And and I see this play out in so many people's marriages who are just like me, who I absolutely could have stayed stuck in that place for my entire life, waiting and waiting and accepting the reality while betraying myself and while damaging myself and my values and my beliefs and all of this stuff in the process, continuing to be blinded by my own inability to see the truth. That is the space that I was in when I was trying to fix and save my marriage. Of course, like I loved my husband and of course I wanted us to heal. However, that wasn't the only reason. It was also hugely motivated by my fear. And that's a really important factor. If you are someone who is considering divorce, looking at your motives for why you want to save this relationship. Is it something that has your foundational core values? And I'm going to go into a little bit more of this in in a bit, but like really peel back and be brutally honest with yourself. In what ways could you be trying to stay in denial and rationalizing what you want to see versus the reality of what is? When I was in that mindset, The way that I thought I was going to save my marriage was trying to fix and change my husband. I was the classic mother figure therapist. You know how they always say like nobody wants to be married to their therapist or their manager or their mother. That was me. I was constantly encouraging him to go to therapy, not just encouraging. I was, let's be real, I was issuing ultimatums. You need to go to rehab. You need to go to this, this, and this in order for our marriage to be okay. And we were in individual therapy, couples therapy, group therapy. He was going to a church addiction recovery group. He went to rehab. I was constantly wanting him to read self-help and growth books with me. We spent so much money on these marriage retreats that were like Hail Marys to save our marriage. Anything that I could throw money at or that he could do or I could do to try to quote unquote grow and fix and heal, that was my avenue. That was fully fixated on fixing, fixing, fixing. All of this was out of an urge to feel safe. If you don't think or acknowledge the possibility of divorce being an option. If that in your book is not an option, which to me, it wasn't an option at the time. In fact, my best friend will tell you, she had mentioned it once in a conversation during a time when I wasn't ready to hear it yet. And it really upset me because that's just something that we all have to arrive at in our own time. So when you don't accept divorce as an option and you're trying to create safety The only way that it feels safe to be in your relationship is to fix the problem. Because if you think about it, if you're having healthy boundaries, you are okay with risking the possibility of being hurt in order to create safety for yourself. So for example, nowadays, if I were who I am now back then, that wouldn't have been the only option is to fix him so he would change for me to stay safe. Another option is to say, okay, I am going to let go of trying to fix and change you and let go of trying to control you. And if you don't change, then I'm going to create safety for myself by removing myself, by creating boundaries, by following through on staying true to myself, by advocating for myself, right? And yes, that may include the relationship ending. Yes, that may include creating separation, but that is a healthy way to advocate for yourself. And what I was doing was very unhealthy, you know, and 
did he have work to do? Absolutely. But also, that wasn't my place. Sure, it's my place to make requests and say, this is what I expect out of a relationship. But if he wasn't able to meet those requests or meet those needs, then it's up to me to take that into consideration and decide, okay, if this person is or is not willing, then what am I going to do? And again, because I didn't consider divorce an option, it was just refuse to accept, refuse to accept the reality, refuse to accept. So I'm just going to double down. I'm going to try to make the ultimatums, the threats even more scary. I'm going to try to pressure even more. I'm going to try to throw more money on more therapy, more things that we can do to fix it. And that never, side note, that never works. If you're wondering how that went, it didn't go well. <laughs> and here's why. In I did a separate episode, by the way, episode five. It's called Can People Change? It Depends. And here's why. Highly recommend you listen to the, that episode if you're listening to this one, because I go into more detail about like my wanting to change my ex-husband at that time and how ultimately, I mean, if you think about it, when you try to change someone, there's one of two things that are going to happen. They'll do it to appease you and to get you off of their back to get you to stop criticizing them. And that's what was happening in our marriage was he did it, but he did it for me. He did it because he was so sick and tired of me getting onto him about it. And he didn't feel like he had any other choice. And so, yes, you can try to change someone and you might get the result that you want. Like he did go end up going to rehab. He did end up going to therapy with me and all of these things. But Ultimately, everybody has to change and heal for themselves. It's not going to be sustainable and it's not going to last if you do it for somebody else. And so if you go that route, you might think that you're getting what you want when in reality you're not because it's not authentic and it's not real versus, and this is kind of leading into what was the turning point for me, what led to me finally making the decision of I'm going to stop trying and to force a square peg into round hole was when I started to develop awareness and I started to heal for myself. And I realized my own role in the dysfunction of our relationship, which was trying to fix and control and change him for so long. When I finally learned how to let go and take a step back and say, okay, I realize now that is not my side of the street. That is his side of the street. And I started to heal that codependency and that enmeshment. I was able to take a step back and, and go, okay, what is going to happen if I let go of control? And that's when you really get the truth, you guys. That is when you really see the truth of who someone is and what is truly motivating them. And that's exactly what I did. So I told myself, okay, Monica, take your hands off the wheel and this is your opportunity to observe. And I got to see then how he showed up without my unconscious manipulation, without my control, without me having a say in it. How is he going to show up? Is he going to show up to fight for our relationship without me making him or forcing him to fight for it? And that right there is your answer, guys. Like you're going to get so much truth. And you know what also is a really hard truth to accept? This was such a truth bomb. That was my deepest fear. I didn't want to know the answer because deep down, I think I knew what the answer would be. And I didn't want to let go to really be faced with the reality, the honest truth of if I let go of control and stop trying to 
fix and save my marriage, there's a possibility he could not want it as much as me. And that would be way too much pain to tolerate. That would literally break me into a million pieces. And that is why I stayed stuck in that place for so, so, so long. I subconsciously knew deep down, I I just didn't want to know the answer. I didn't want to have to be faced with that level of pain. And so it does, it's going to require deep healing on your part to be able to recognize that you've been running away from the truth and going like, oh shit. (laughs) And seeing your role in it. Because when we're trying to fix and change someone, we're very, very blind to our own contribution to the dysfunction. At least I was. And I was so convinced it was all his fault. And again, did he have stuff to work on? Yes, absolutely. However, if I haven't already done a good enough job of painting the picture to you, I absolutely played a huge role. And I absolutely was someone who ended up in that relationship for a reason. I was unable to look at the relationship with eyes wide open. I was blinding myself in a lot of ways. I was in a lot of denial. I was acting out of a lot of fear. And so, yeah, I I finally got to a place where I was able to say, you know what? I accept you. And I am going to commit to you that I'm no longer going to try to fix and change and control you. And that was my way of truly showing love. And back then, when I was trying to fix and save and control, I would have told you that, of course, because I love my husband so much. That's why I'm doing this, because I want to save our marriage, because I love this person so much. But my behavior wasn't showing that. My behavior was, I don't accept you, and that's why I'm trying to change you. That's not very loving. And so for me, taking my hands off of the wheel was me finally choosing to act in alignment. If I love you the way that I say that I do, how can I back that up with my own behavior? And so really, I always say my divorce and my decision to walk away was truly made out of a place of healing and an act of love because I was able to finally come into acceptance of this person in front of me. And I said, you know what? I truly accept you for who you are and the choices that you are making and the ones that you want to make independent of me, independent of any influence or anything that I have to say. I want to choose to accept you and also the choices that you are making and the things that you are sharing with me. I'm going to start believing you now. I'm going to start believing the truth instead of staying in denial and trying to make up excuses as to why what you're showing me and what you're telling me can't possibly be the truth. I did that in so many ways too, right? Like when he used to tell me, you know what, Monica, I think you just don't like my answer. And that's because I just don't care as much as you want me to care about this. He would say things like that to me. And instead of believing him, I was like, that's your addiction talking. You know, once you heal your addiction, you're going to see the truth. You're going to care more. You only don't care right now because you're active in addiction. And I didn't believe him. And then I started to believe him like, okay, if that's what you're telling me, I'm choosing to believe you. And that's because I accept you now. And I truly am loving you. I'm going to stop projecting my own agenda and filtering what you're telling me and what you're showing me through my own lens of desires and wants and needs. And I'm just going to believe you. When he made his behaviors and choices, instead of trying to motivate him to prioritize and value the things that I wanted him to prioritize and value, I just believed him. Okay, this is who you are. And I know who you are based on the choices you are making and the behaviors you are are walking in. And so again, I'm not going to excuse it saying, oh, your behavior will change once you X, Y, Z. Like, no, independent of me, 
this is who this person is. These are the choices. These are the values that this person is showing me. And I'm going to believe you. The turning point was, I, I remember calling my best friend crying. This was after years and years of trying to fix and save my marriage. And I was just like, is it supposed to be this hard? And this was a friend who I admire the marriage that they have so much. And I I was so envious of their marriage for so many years. And there was a part of me, remember how I told you, like I was in a lot of denial. There's got to be something behind the scenes that I'm not seeing in order to make my marriage seem normal, right? Then I'm going to excuse theirs. I'm going to make up a story in my head to bring everybody else's marriage down to my level. Like everybody's marriage isn't perfect. So there's got to be something, right? And I was like, does it really exist Like what you guys have? You don't have to fight this hard to have what y'all have. And I remember we were FaceTiming and she just paused and looked at me. And I mean, she she had been, we've been friends for years and years. So she was with me through all of the seasons of heartache and all the betrayal and the addiction and all the fights and the crying and the tears and many, many phone calls. And she looked at me and she's like, Monica, it breaks my heart that you were truly questioning this. It breaks my heart that you don't know this to be true. And I I didn't realize that it was so bad that you were questioning its existence. She said, Monica, not only is it real, but you deserve to know what that's like. And that was the day I called her as confirmation of what I already knew. And hearing her say that, it was just like, okay, the mask is off. I can't unsee what I see now. That denial, once you peel that back and you finally accept, you face that intense fear of I'm scared of what I might see. If I let go of control, I'm scared that they're not going to fight for me the way that I want them to. I'm scared that if I quit trying to fix my marriage, that it might mean that I'm the only one fighting and I don't want to feel the pain and hurt of that. That was the turning point, and I just started to believe him. I accepted him. I started to believe what he was telling me, showing me, and I also started to believe myself and my intuition instead of trying to excuse and deny and pretend in an attempt to get what I wanted. Everyone wants to feel loved. Everyone wants to have a relationship that works out. Everyone wants to get through the hard times together. Like those, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But yeah, that is, that's the journey of how I arrived here. And, you know, going back to the beginning of the episode when I was reading all those comments and it was stemmed from that video of us sitting at the dinner table. And we do, we have a great relationship, a co-parenting relationship now. And people just can't understand or comprehend. I don't get it. If you get along this well, why didn't you stay married? Just because you get along well with someone doesn't mean that you are meant to be in relationship with that person. And after I was able to open my eyes up to what he was showing me, I was then able to transition into a season where I had to grieve the version of myself that attracted a relationship like that. I had to grieve the version of me that felt such an intense fear of being alone. I had such an intense need to feel chosen that I attached to anybody at all costs. So when I met him, he was like the first person that I attached to. And I I was like, man, ever since the beginning, pushing like, let's get married, let's get married, let's do anything to maintain that attachment at all costs. 
And I did that at my own expense. I was willing to betray my own wants, needs, desires, values in order to maintain that attachment. Like I needed to feel chosen and wanted and nothing else mattered. Truly. I mean, I could have on the surface told you that other things mattered to me, but on an unconscious attachment level where like all of our trauma and our wounds are birthed from, that's how I ended up in that relationship. I felt safer in a dysfunctional relationship than I did the thought of being alone. The thought of being alone was way scarier than the thought of, okay, I can do dysfunction in a marriage. I can do this and try to fix it. I can I can stay busy with trying to project and fix and fix and save and save. That feels doable. What doesn't feel doable is the reality of this not being the right relationship. And so once I developed that awareness and I started to grieve and heal that version of me, not him, this wasn't even a him thing. Like I didn't even get, truly, I did not divorce because of him. I arrived at that place because I finally opened my eyes to this version of me and learning and healing the past version of me and discovering who I am underneath this fear, who I am underneath the wounds of my past. And that's when I finally came to a place where I was ready to stop trying to save my marriage any longer. So in summary, man, this is very therapeutic to record. I do believe that relationships take work, but in order for relationships to work, it takes work from both people. I believe that relationships can heal and repair. I even believe that relationships have the ability to overcome infidelity and addiction, but both people have to want to heal and grow together without being influenced by the other. The person who was unfaithful has to want to heal for themselves. And the person who is betrayed has to want to heal for themselves, not just to save the relationship. So I'm not just someone who's over here like, oh, yeah, you know, divorce is the the answer, you know, because I think a lot of people choose to get divorced before they go through that process that I described of like realizing the ways in which they've been in denial without opening their eyes to the truth. I think that divorce more times than not comes from that place. And so the order in which we heal and make these decisions is very important. So anyway, that that was a lot. I'm just going to leave that there. I I have a little bit more to say, but I think that's a good ending place. Now, I do want to say if you're listening to this and any of it resonated with you, part of the work that I did to get to that place was sitting with and discovering who I was apart from my relationship and my attachment wounds. And a big part of that was discovering what my core values were and comparing what I actually value with the choices that I was making and the behaviors that I was allowing in my life. Because it's one thing to say you value X, Y, and Z, but if you are making choices in your relationships, you're acting out these patterns that suggest you value the opposite. Well, that means you're not fully living in alignment and your relationship isn't in alignment with what you truly value. So I replicated a huge part of that work in the exercise that I did to discover my core values. And I'm going to leave the link in the show notes and the episode description. I have a free core values workbook that will help you start to peel back those layers and take those steps 
towards uncovering who you truly are beneath your trauma, beneath all of your attachment wounds, um, so you can start to heal. So just wanted to let you know that you can find that. I'll leave the resource in the show notes for you, and I will see you on the next episode. Hey again, thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end, which makes you one of my favorite people. If you can think of anyone who would benefit from listening to this episode, it would mean the world if you'd either send it to them directly or share about it on social media. Ratings and reviews are the absolute best way you can support the podcast and keep the content coming. So make sure to subscribe and leave some love while you're at it. You can find me on all of the social platforms at Monica Lee blog and follow the podcast at choosing to heal. Thanks again. And I'll see you next time.